now from the Spinnaker Radio Studios. Critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Gordon. Welcome to the show, everybody, on a great Thursday. How'd you like that mannequin challenge we did at the beginning of the show? You guys couldn't tell because you obviously can't see us, and we don't have the rights to Black Beatles, so you couldn't play the proper music, but we were doing some pretty amazing stuff. You can imagine what it was like, right? Yes! I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be cool anyways because that's already old. I mean, Jesus, give us some time to catch up, social media. With me always is Eric Cirillo. Eric, how is this Thursday going for you? This Thursday is going wonderfully so far, and I'm sure it'll keep getting better now that we are on the air and talking like we like to do. Good to be back from that Thanksgiving break. Had a lot of turkey, had a lot of stuffing. I got stuffed. I'll tell you that much. That sounded really. Wait, what? Weird. Yeah, that that sounded. <laughs> that did not sound like it was supposed to. <laughs> uh, we got a great show, though. Yes! Uh, we are continuing the hundred dollar giveaway for who's wearing their birthday suit. So that's going to be fantastic. Uh, we have the fitness news, as per usual. We have a new segment called "Stop Faking the Funk." Uh, we have our sports section, and today going along with our sports section is our special guest. Jay Spearman is going to call into the studio. We're going to interview him a little later in the show. But before we get to all that, I wanted to bring up something I noticed last night. So uh, I was watching a documentary last night. I'm a fan of documentaries, a bit of a Doco file. Hmm. Eric, you like documentaries? Uh, not particularly. No, I hate them. They're really boring and I do not like them. Okay, well, I'm a Doco file. <laughs> it was on Sports Legends. At one part of the documentary, there was an interview with Arnold Palmer, and the reporter asked Palmer, uh, being on the tour for 52 years, if he could, if there was a way, um, would he change? anything in his life would he have changed anything in his life and first you know he talked about a couple of things and then he was like you know no there's nothing there's nothing i'd want to change and i started to think about it and you hear that all the time you're watching an interview with like an old famous actor an athlete or politician and the interview asks them looking back on your life would you have changed anything if you could they always sit there and they ponder for a bit and then they say, you know, nothing. No, I wouldn't change a thing. Really, nothing. Like, you got a whole lifetime and you're telling me there's nothing that you change in that whole lifetime? Really? First of all, I know half of those people that say nothing they first, they, that, that pondering pause that they have, they're not actually thinking if they would change anything. All they're doing is thinking whether or not they want Wendy's or Taco Bell after the interview. Yes! Second, you're telling me not one thing to change? Like, they always fall back on the same excuse. They're always like, well, you know, I learn from every mistake. So everything that I did that I would regret or I'd want to change, you know, I learn from that. So it made me who I am, so I don't really want to change it. I'm like, really? Really? How about your first date and only date with Katie Morris when during the dinner you accidentally flipped your bowl of spaghetti on her lap? Was that a learning tool? Wait, what? Or how about that time you had to go ask the secretary at the dentist office if they had a plunger because you just stopped up the only toilet available to the whole waiting room? And everyone else is staring at you in disgust while you ask for that plunger. Would you change that? Oh, no. How about that time you had to explain to your dad why his Playboy was on your nightstand with a bottle of lotion beside it? Ew. Was that a learning tool? Nope. My point is, everybody has things that they'd like to change. Yes! But you can't, right? That's just a question to ask from a reporter. 
Why would they ask great actors and athletes that? It's just a cop-out. I'm sure there's things people would like to change, but they can't, right? I'm sure there are a couple of people out there right now that they wish they could change the last two minutes so they didn't have to hear me rambling about this. Well, you can't, all right? Don't try it. We're going to do our best on the Doc G Show to bring the entertainment so that the only thing you wish you could change was to go back and to listen to more Doc G Show. Right, Eric? That was the most beautiful, poetic rant I've ever heard. (sighs) Thanks, man. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Speaking of, let's go on to something else I'm proud of. Who's wearing their birthday suit? Yes! So, uh, if you missed the Thanksgiving Day special, first off, go back and listen to it. Um, If you didn't, uh, you know what the deal is, but I'm going to explain it anyways. Eric and I are going to go through who's wearing their birthday suit as usual. Uh, Once you know the answer, make a post on social media. It can be either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook with the answer to who's wearing their birthday suit. Use either the hashtag, hashtag DocGShow, or tag us on Instagram, at TheDocGShow. That's all you have to do. Then, in two weeks, we're going to randomly select a winner for a $100 Visa gift card. One more time, all you got to do, social media posts, doesn't matter, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, with the answer to this show's who's wearing their birthday suit. And then use the hashtag, TheDocGShow, or tag us on Instagram, at TheDocGShow, and you'll be able to win $100. So... This week, who's wearing their birthday suit? Starts off with a real tricky uh, clue. Here we go. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Illinois. They grew up in their grandmother's brothel where their mom practiced prostitution. And while their dad was not in the house, he was a former boxer and a hustler. Hmm. Hmm. Right? (laughs) Who is that, right? So let me say that one more time. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Illinois. They grew up in their grandmother's brothel where their mom practiced prostitution. And their dad did not live in the brothel, but he was a former boxer and hustler. I'll let you go ahead and ponder that one. We'll come back to it a little bit later. But right now, it is time... Four, fitness news. Jebediah, give it to me. And now, the news. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff, Jebediah. How was your Thanksgiving? He's not talking to us, Eric. I don't know why. What the old Jeb? It's okay. He'll get over it. Something happened. We'll figure it out. Uh, first up, in fitness news, People Magazine was recently kind enough to provide us Another Instagram fitness post update. Oh, thank God, guys. This post was from Jessica Pack, who shares fitness inspiration and messages of body positivity to her 141,000 followers. Her, uh, Her handle is Planks for Pizza. Jessica commented, So today was an unsuccessful shopping day. Nothing fitting terrible dressing room lighting made me feel lumpy and squishier than normal i might not be where i want to be but i refuse to lower my self-esteem and worth because i know i've worked hard and continually fight every day to get better wait what a little positivity for for followers you want to know what i like about this the complete lack of fitness in this post at all yes Jessica has been known to say exercise is 10% physical and 90% mental. Apparently in this post, it was 100% mental and 0% physical. Then, not only that, but she jumps completely into another field. If you go on to her Instagram in in the uh, bio, it has that she's a life coach. Huh? She jumps into a whole other field. She has no experience or education with counseling or psychology, but... She'll coach up your life. What qualifies her? She likes pizza. Enough said. Amen. Thanks, people. That was really informative. Eric, how's your positivity today? Are you looking for a life coach with no training? 
Well, the lighting was a bit off today, so it's kind of down right now. How does the lighting make you feel squishier? Hey. That, I don't, that has, there's zero correlation there. Don't ask me. Ask Jessica. I don't know. I, but, I mean, you know, she's ready to coach you up. Coach you up good. Yes! That's why I just replaced all the mirrors in my apartment with the Funhouse mirrors from the circus. That way, I always look good. Mm. You, you might look a little curvy in some of them. I don't know. In other fitness news, Selena Gomez is back, you guys. Yeah, boy! And guess what? What? Elle Magazine got the good stuff. You know what I'm talking about when I say good stuff. The Selena Gomez fitness tips. That's right. In the interview with Elle, she revealed one thing that keeps her feeling quote-unquote healthy and quote, good on the road. What is it, you ask? A sweat bed. Are you crazy? Selena says, I have a sweat bed, which looks like a burrito that I wrap myself up in, and I sweat for about 45 minutes. She added, I start going to a place called Shape House, and you lay in these beds in a sweatsuit, and they wrap you up, and you sweat for 45 minutes, and it releases all kinds of toxins out of your body, and you just feel good. It's kind of like going to the sauna. I don't know, Selena. That sounds less like a sauna and more like being locked in a car on a hot day. As far as I know, that's not too healthy. Didn't work out so well for my aunt's cat, Professor Fuzzles. <coughs> Speaking of cats, which I mentioned at the end of that, cat yoga is quickly becoming a fitness trend. That's right. The Doc G Show several weeks ago already told you about horse yoga. Guess what? You can do yoga with all kinds of animals. CNN recently released a story on the Good Muse Cat Shelter in Marietta, Georgia. See the pun there? Mm. Every week, the shelter puts a yoga class on in their adult cat room of the shelter. The owner of the shelter says that both the cats and the humans benefit from the class. I'm going to be honest. If I'm looking for a workout partner, it's probably not going to be a cat. Nope. I feel like if I need a spot, a cat would most likely just look at me real judgy-like and then start licking their paw and nonchalant let me die. Now, on the other hand, if I need a sleeping partner, that would be a good spot for a cat. There's a reason they call them cat naps. They're professionals at sleeping. Yes! Eric, what do you think the next animal to sweep the yoga scene will be? Panda bears? <laughs> uh, no, I'm thinking uh, sloths. You know, they're high energy, they're very mobile, and I think they'd really help um, I think they'd really help with motivation. Plus, they always look like they're smiling. So mm -hmm. that's good. Uh, in other Fitness News. Science News recently released a story on the famed Hadza, one of the last societal groups in the world of hunter-gatherers on the planet. Uh, researchers at the University of Arizona are now researching the Hadza because of their levels of moderate to vigorous physical activity. The researchers claim that the Hadza reached the recommended U.S. physical activity guidelines of physical activity in two days instead of a whole week like you're supposed to get them in. The Hadza live a life of almost constant moderate physical activity, hunting and gathering their food. The researchers have shown that the Hadza also have a very low level of cardiovascular disease. The researchers believe that the biggest reason for these tremendously low levels of cardiovascular disease is their lifestyle. Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for some long, drawn-out physical activity. Over Thanksgiving break, I walked 40,000 steps in one day. Okay, But I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe the Hadza have almost no incident of heart disease because their life expectancy is 46. I mean, when you're competing for food with lions and hyenas, which they literally are doing... Odds are cardiovascular disease is going to take a back seat. Oh, that's what's happening, huh? In addition, 
It's not too surprising that the fellows of the Hadza don't have low rates of cardiovascular disease. I mean, considering they predominantly eat roots, berries, and game meat. It's pretty much the same diet the cardiologist gives you when you have a heart attack. Hey, what happened to Frank? Oh man, didn't you hear? Had a heart attack. Oh, that sucks. I told him he was eating too much wildebeest. That's like cement for your arteries. That never happens, all right? I think they're healthy for a lot of reasons, aside from just the fact that they continuously walk all the time. Also, the last thing about the Hadza, these guys get studied constantly. Like, any time a group of anthropology researchers want to measure something in a hunter-gatherer society, they go back and they look at the Hadza. That's got to get real old for those guys. Like, ah, Researcher guys are back again. They're looking at us and taking notes. What? It's like the fourth time this month, man. Like, just imagine you're at the office that you work at, and there's just two guys behind the plant beside the water cooler. Like, psst. Has he gotten up from the desk yet? No, not yet. He's still over there. He's being really lazy. Big piece of crap. Write it down in your notebook. Like, that'd be so annoying. These hots are really must hate it. Eric, has a researcher ever looked at you and your physical activity? Hmm. Uh, no, they probably should, though, because clearly I'm not doing a good enough job. You're not following the Hatsa way of life? No, I'm following the uh, Eric way of life, which is just abuse on the kidneys and liver. Good. Good. <laughs> Guys, that is the fitness news. So, let's move on. Let's go ahead and go to another clue of who's wearing their birthday suit. Oh, yeah. This clue. Here we go. If we remember the first clue, it was out there. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Illinois. They grew up in their grandmother's brothel where their mom practiced prostitution. And the dad of the birthday suit wearer was a former boxer and hustler. Our next clue. Our birthday suit wearer was a lifetime performer and entertainer. His first professional performance were playing the drums at a nightclub. Hmm. Okay, so, born in a brothel, mother a prostitute, first performance a drummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, think about it. Eric's going to think about it. And uh, we will be right back with Stop Faking the Funk. So check this. You telling me you ain't never heard of Doc G? Ha <laughs> ha! Coldest motherfucker around. The Doc G Podcast. Oh yeah, baby. Putting the bass in your funk. Alright guys, time for a new segment, which is Stop Faking the Funk. This segment, I will give Eric two headlines. One of the headlines is a real headline. It actually happened. It's actually in the news. And one of them, I just made up. And Eric's going to have to guess which one is real and which one is fake. Are you ready, Eric? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, the first two. Here we go. Domino's is training GPS-equipped reindeer to deliver pizza in Japan. That's the first one. Or, Bad Santa. Santa Claus in Domino's pizza chain in Minnesota gives out pornography to children. Hmm. Which one is the real headline? I'm going with uh, the Santa Claus giving out the pornography to children in Minnesota. Oh, sorry. That was a Ben original right there. What? I know. So That was you doing that. <laughs> it was. I, I have trial next week. Wait, what? Um, the real headline, Domino's apparently seems to be trying to find out uh, in Japan at least how they can train reindeer to deliver hot, fresh pizzas in snowy Hokkaido. 
the reindeer are equipped with GPS units so customers can track their pizza. Uh, Domino said in a news release, working with reindeer poses, quote-unquote, unique challenges, but they are hoping to have the system up and running in early December. I mean, did Domino's examine all their options before falling on reindeer? Like, I mean, I get it. It's a green option, holiday spirit, but, like, you'd get your pizza in, like, 10 hours, and it'd be covered in reindeer crap. I don't think that's the best option out there. I think, like, a snowmobile would probably have been a better option, just a guess. Is someone driving these reindeer, they just, like, slap them on the and, like, all right, get going. It, it's basically, yeah, just, just whipping the reindeer. I, I, there, there's a video associated with that news break. Okay, so next one. Here we go. Here's the two headlines. Is that pepperoni in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? One local restaurant has multiple uses for pepperoni. Or, naked man breaks into pizza place, shows own sausage and meatballs. Hmm. I'm going with the multiple uses for pepperoni. Once again, that is a Ben original. Okay, the real one. Naked man breaks into pizza place, shows a own sausage and meatballs. Baltimore County police are looking for a man who broke into a pizza restaurant last Thursday morning while naked. Didn't start that way. The robber was clothed to start off with. He entered the Slice Pizza, which was the store, through an air vent. And then he just stripped down naked for some reason. Huh? In the middle of the restaurant when nobody else was there. Uh, and yes, he did flop around his sausage and meatballs, clearly visible in the videotape. Uh, he didn't steal anything except for a bottle of water. And then he left the store. I can. Is there a problem going on in Baltimore? Because, you know, a couple, like a month ago, we talked about the guy. Uh, walking up on the lady while she was working out on the campus and tried to talk to her completely <laughs> naked. Is that the same guy? Did he just decide to go to a, a pizza place? And he's like, hey, nobody's in here. That's weird. I crawled through the vent and everything. That's crazy. Um, okay, here we go. Next headlines. Here we go. Here's the two. Vladimir Putin arrested at a Florida public supermarket. That's That's headline number one. Here's the next one public supermarket looking to make promotional deal on seafood with Jameis Winston. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Famous Jameis. Once again, Ben Original. Screw you, man. (laughs) The real one, Vladimir Putin arrested at a Publix uh, or a Florida public supermarket. Uh, Not the real Vladimir Putin, not a surprise. This Putin is 48 years old and a resident of West Palm Beach. He was arrested on Sunday, August 21st for trespassing and resisting arrest after refusing to leave a Publix in West Palm Beach where he was allegedly creating a disturbance, according to police. Um, The report said Putin initially wouldn't give officers his name and was arrested at the scene. Officers eventually discovered uh, he shared a moniker with the 63-year-old Russian strongman. The younger Putin is due back into court in, uh, yeah, in, uh, coming up in the next month. Okay, so, interesting. Here is uh, one of my favorites. I don't know if this is my favorite, but here's another one. White supremacist group in Alabama planning to open a fitness center. Or, cafe forced to apologize after selling Nazi smoothies complete with swastika labels. Hmm. Uh, I'm... Oh God, it's probably going to be wrong anyway. Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Nazi smoothies. Ah, your first one, correct. Nazi yes. smoothies is correct. So, a cafe in Britain had to apologize after selling smoothies with swastikas on the bottle. It was an almond milk and peanut butter drink that was on sale for uh, 395 pounds uh, at, uh, I guess, three dollars. I don't, I don't even know how you say that. I sound, I sound really dumb, but I don't know. 395, <laughs> uh, and it was called the Nutsy 
Wait, what? It seems that a staff member at the Old Street Tube Station shop thought it appropriate to give the product a Nazi theme since it was called the Nutsy. Uh, so they went ahead and they put swastikas on it. The shopper, uh, one shopper found this very, very upsetting and complained about it. Eventually, uh, the rest of the uh, company found out, and founder Ben Page Phillips issued an apology and said, Sadly, an employee deemed it appropriate to put a swastika on a smoothie named the Nutsy. This was unsanctioned, and the bottles were removed immediately upon being alerted by our shop manager. Needless to say, the rogue employee has been dismissed. Mm. <laughs> I just... Who? That is one weird guy. Um, yeah. Here are the last two options. First one. Orlando police mistook Krispy Kreme donut glaze for meth. Or local bakery is accused of using cocaine in recent baked good creation. Hmm. Oh, um... Oh gosh, they both sound believable. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the bakery being accused of using cocaine. Mm, wrong. God, man, you suck. <laughs> One for five. <laughs> I'm good at writing fake headlines, man. This is bull. Man. All right. Uh, Orlando police mistook Krispy Kreme donut glaze for meth. An Orlando man who was arrested after police officers mistook Krispy Kreme donut glaze for crystal meth in his car has been cleared. Daniel Frederick Rushing, a 64-year-old, was arrested on a possession of methamphetamines charge after he was pulled over for speeding. Uh, by the Orlando police. During the stop, an officer noticed a rock-like substance on the floorboard of Rushing's car. I recognize, through my 11 years of training and experience as a law enforcement officer, the substance to be some sort of narcotic, the report said from the police officer. According to the report, two separate field tests were performed and both came back positive for the presence of amphetamines. Rushing was handcuffed, booked into the county jail, strip-searched, and it wasn't until a state crime lab did another test several weeks later that he was cleared. He said, I kept telling them, that's glaze from a donut. I just stopped at 7-Eleven. They tried to say it was crack cocaine at first, and then they were like, nope, nope, it's meth. That's what he told the newspaper. His arrest report confirms that he tried to explain to police that he didn't have any drugs. So, note to self, if you are going to get pulled over by the cops, make sure you didn't have any donuts before. Not only will they probably eat your donut, they'll <laughs> also book you for doing meth. That, that makes me that makes me kind of scared. I'm afraid like if I got pulled over and I had like pre-workout on me and they checked that and ran it, I would be really scared to find out what they would find in there. Yeah, exactly. I don't even, I don't even know what I have in my car, let alone, you know, <laughs> uh, who, who knows, man. So that is do not fake the funk. That was a good segment. I enjoyed it. All right, guys. Before we move on to the sports section of the show, I did want to ask if any of the listeners have kept up with Mary Kate and Ashley Olson. Huh? It's sort of like when I brought up Macaulay Culkin a couple of weeks ago. Has anybody looked at those guys recently? They've took a real bizarre turn. Yes! Mary-Kate married a 47-year-old banker, and Ashley is dating a 58-year-old art collector. Something tells me that that's like some sort of long-term side effect of hanging out with Bob Saget at too young of an age. I don't know what it is, but there's something wrong with that. I also have to ask why it is any time they take a picture together, they look like they just got their rations at a hurricane disaster relief shelter. I mean, why, why can't you smile? It may help if you smiled more than like once a year. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, Jesus H., you're sitting on a billion dollars all because you said, You got it, dude! With junk Uncle Jesse on Full House. Their net worth is like a billion dollars. 
and they look like they just survived the last natural disaster, and they're shacking up with two old dudes. It's odd. That's all I'm saying. It's really I, odd. I think it's funny how you never see Elizabeth Olsen, uh, who's the younger of them, you never see her with them, and every picture you see, she's smiling and doesn't. Like, she is way more down-to-earth and normal. Yeah, than I don't I don't are. think they let her hang out with them anymore because that's, she does. I saw one picture uh, of, of her with them, and she was smiling, and they were both looking at her like, what? Stop that. You're ruining it. What are you are doing? We? You don't look like you're coming down from a heroin overdose. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to that sports section of our show. We are going to have our normal NCAA football recap. Eric, are you ready? Always. Let's do it. All right, let's go. The Petrified Wood Cup got the weekend started with Washington easily beating in-state rival Washington State 45-17. Iowa demolished Nebraska 10-40. to yeah, Memphis, they beat Houston 44-48. to I'm sure that loss uh, really hurt Tom Herman. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> he made $7 million from Texas. I'm sure he doesn't care. Probably doesn't, no. Western Michigan beat Toledo 55-35 to to stay unbeaten. You row that boat, guys. Alabama continued to beat Alabama and beat Auburn 30-12. Good job, guys. Which is surprisingly uh, a really close game for them. <laughs> it's closer than most, yes. Yeah. Michigan ended up losing 27 to 30 in two overtimes to Ohio State. Ugh. In a game that the Doc and I couldn't have been more wrong on, Clemson blew South Carolina's doors off 56 to 7 and made me just really salty. That was tough to watch. Yes, it was. Wisconsin beat Minnesota in a battle of states where nobody wants to live nine months out of the year. 31 to 17. Mm-hmm. Penn State made, or excuse me, Penn State dominated Michigan State 45 to 12. They have really, I think, shocked everyone. Oh, yeah. Colorado managed to beat Utah and make it to the Pac 12 championship game where they basically have no chance of making it to the playoffs. Very true. Yes! In a game against the Louisville team that looked like they basically had given up on life, Kentucky won 41 to 38. And I'm going to go out of limb here and say that Lamar Jackson's chances of winning the Heisman have decreased significantly. Big losses, yeah, yeah. USC dominated Notre Dame 45-27. to Florida State won the state championship, beating Florida 31-13. to In an upset that surprisingly didn't cause the firing of Butch Jones, Vanderbilt beat Tennessee 45-34. to and in a score that looks way more like a basketball game than a football game, Pittsburgh beat Syracuse 76-61. to Let's start there, right, for the recap. Did they even have defenses out on the field during that game? Like, how yeah, does that happen? I was going to say, man, that I don't even think they showed up. They're just they're like, all right, we don't need the defense. Just let's see how fast the offense can get down the field with, like, three players going against them. I looked at this. I mean, that's 137 games. I saw it go across the ticker several times, and I literally thought it was a basketball game. I was like, Ben Syracuse in conference this early? Oh, no, that's a football game. Okay. USC, UCF has barely scored 137 points this whole season. They're averaging, like, 12 points a game. They've barely scored 137 over their 12 games, and they scored 137 in one game. That's ridiculous. Now, here's one other thing about football. Just to throw this out there, North Dakota State beat Iowa. Iowa beat Michigan. Michigan beat Penn State and Wisconsin, who are the two teams in the Big Ten Championship. So, the conference that everybody says uh, is best in the country – could have been won by an FCS team. I'm just doing some associative work there, right? I mean, that's what I looked at this when I saw Iowa and, you know, they, they beat Michigan back back a couple of weeks ago there. I was like, really? Those guys, those guys lost to North Dakota State. You know, I mean, am I wrong? I've got two questions here, Eric. Am I wrong? Is everybody, every analyst out there putting too much into the Big Ten? That's my first question. And then my second question is, who do you think is going to be in the Final Four when it's all said and done? Uh, well, first, I don't think analysts are putting too much into the Big Ten. I do think that they are 
uh, a superior conference. They've really made some strides over the past few years, and I don't think SEC has always been looked at as really the best conference for a long time, but I think it's just SEC has a couple teams at the top that are extremely dominating, but the Big Ten is a much deeper conference, so I think that makes them a little more dangerous. Um, and to answer your second question, who do I think is going to be in the playoffs? Well, I would just have to go with the top four teams right now, which would be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington. I big, just think big that, chance that Washington's going to lose. Is there is there a chance you think in the playoffs? No, no, no. Uh, in the in the conference championship in the Pac-12. Oh no, I think they'll uh, I think they'll pull it out. Mm-hmm. I think they can do it. Okay, all right, staying staying steady with what's there right now. Gotcha. Yeah, if I've learned anything from this year on our picks, uh, I, I'm going to stay steady for right now. I, I was one for three on those picks from last week, man. I got Alabama. That was I, – I learned that. You don't <laughs> bet against them, man. All right, so before we move on to a little bit more sports, uh, let's get a who's wearing their birthday suit in. So this one's going to give you a, a, a lot more info. I think this one's going to give you some more. So, our first one was uh, our birthday suit uh, wearer was born in a brothel. His mom was a prostitute, and his dad was a former boxer and hustler. Uh, Second clue was that his lifetime performer and entertainer, and his first professional performance was actually playing the drums at a nightclub. Here's the next clue. Later on in life, our birthday man started doing comedy in New York. He was so good... That he was the first black comic to ever host Saturday Night Live. So later on in life, our birthday man started doing comedy in New York. He was so good that he was the first black comic to ever host Saturday Night Live. Any idea? Hmm. Um. Ooh. No, not right now. Okay, okay. We're going to get a little bit more specific after what's the word. We are bringing back what's the word. So in case uh, we have some listeners out there who haven't heard the segment, what's the word, basically what happens is I give Eric some scenarios or some statements, and he gives me a uh, one word to summarize what I just said. This week, we're going to do a whole NBA-themed What's the Word? So, here's the first one. Al Horford was criticized because he missed a game for the Boston Celtics the day after his child was born. What's the word? Shameful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not not on Al Horford, on the people, <laughs> on the people criticizing him. Come I, on, man. I was about to say, game. you can take it either way you want, people. <laughs> you can take it either way. Okay, so after starting the season four, uh, 14-2, and two, the Clippers have lost three in a row and are now behind the Warriors and the Spurs in the Western Conference standings. What's the word? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with a hyphenated word. I think it's hyphenated. Okay. Can I use status quo? Yep. We'll go with status quo. That's good. Look I'll look at that. the past five years. I've said it each year. Everyone thinks the Clippers are going to be amazing, and they do the same thing every year. They're, they're headed on that trajectory, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Chris Forsberg of ESPN has analyzed the data to show that the Boston Celtics are 7-1 and one when their coach Stevens wears a tie and three and six when not wearing a tie. What's the word? Hmm. Uh, irrelevant. What? Dude, that is some necessary info. He's got to be wearing that tie or they're going to lose. Jeez. How, like, is that, how bored are they at ESPN? What are they like, we have nothing to do. Hey. Um, let's look at the Celtics. What is their coach wearing? Let's see how when they win, when what he's wearing. Seven days, twenty-four hours a day. They got to come up with some stuff, man. It's tie or no tie. In the middle of a game on Tuesday, J.R. Smith stopped playing and went to the Bucks bench to hug Jason Terry. Meanwhile, the Bucks team scored a wide-open shot. What's the word? Hmm. Ugh. Seriously? (laughs) 
That was a yes, and seriously, if you actually are questioning, that actually happened. Yes. And, I mean, like, yeah, I know, I know it happened, but it's like even then, I still can't believe that. You're like, what? The f- thinking? Yeah. Like Odell Beckham, here's the next statement. Like Odell Beckham being uh, recorded on the sidelines crying when asked about the incident of hugging Jason Terry, J.R. Smith said he doesn't remember. What's the word? Hmm, liar. <laughs> John Wall and Boogie Cousins said they would like to play together at some point in their careers in the NBA. Some of the NBA analysts said this would be an extremely dynamic duo. What's the word? Hmm. Uh, uh, who? <laughs> John Wall and Boogie Cousins. So Demarcus yeah. Cousins. And you're saying who? Oh. Is that what they is that what they call him, Boogie Cousins? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know his nickname, Boogie? No, I've only I've only ever heard Demarcus. Yeah. No, Boogie Cousins. Ah, uh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, John Wall and Boogie Cousins. Are are they going to be a dynamic duo? Give me give me the word. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last He likes he likes Bradley Beal too much. There you go. Last statement. For the first 18 games of the uh, regular season, the Golden State Warriors have averaged 118 points. Seven more points than any other team in the league. What's the word? Hmm. Shocker. They've got it together, right? It took them like two games, and then they were like, oh, okay, we know how this works. You put it into the basket, you get it over the opponent, and you score a lot. I got it. Okay. Guys, that has been What's the Word? We are going to jump back to who's wearing their birthday suit. Here we go. All right, so we had three um, three clues so far. Here's the fourth clue. I'm not going to give you the review. Here's the fourth clue. Our birthday suit wearer uh, was so influential to all kinds of comedians. He was so influential that Dave Chappelle had this to say about him. You know those, like, evolution charts of man where they're walking more and more upright, he was the dude walking upright. He was the highest evolution of comedy. Any idea, Eric, who it is? Um, Richard Pryor? Boom! There yeah. it is. Give it up, everybody. Let's hear that applause. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor uh, was our birthday suit wearer of the week. Um, He actually, I would say all of our listeners know, he's no longer alive. He died in 2005, but today is his birthday. Uh, Our last clue was actually that uh, Comedy Central ranked him number one stand-up comic of all time, which Mm -hmm. that's a little bit debatable. I love Richard Pryor. One of the greatest, one of the most evolutionary. It definitely is true what what Chappelle says about him. Great, great uh, birthday suit wear. Even even after your death, congrats! Uh, happy birthday, Richard. It is it is your day. You are the birthday suit wearer, and you guys can be a hundred dollar winners if you go ahead and put that into a comment of a social media post and tag us on it. So make sure you do that, guys. We will be right back with the guest of the week, which, as I said at the beginning of the show, is Jay Spearman. So make sure you guys stay with us. We'll be right back with Jay. Oh, you listeners, it's about that time. For Doc G, to interview Coach Spearman. You know, somebody needs to tell the Doc not to stand so close to Jay. Makes him look more punier than usual.
All right. So today, calling into the studio, we have the phenomenal strength coach, Jay Spearman, who is currently the director of strength and conditioning at Heathwood Hall and practically poised to take over the entire world of sports performance. Soon the whole NFL will be coming to him, asking him on advice for their workouts. Jay, how's everything at Heathwood Hall? It's great, man. It's great here. I love it. It's a it's a family here, man. It's like it's like everybody wants to work together. They believe in a unified system to help to develop each kid. So I mean, I love it here, man. That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. So now you're currently covering all of the sports, right? Right. So I have all sports, and then um, then I also have the kids not involved in sports. They're my class too, and I have the uh, middle school kids during the day and after school as well. So it's a so what you're a, saying is I, is you are responsible for all fit things fitness Heathwood Hall fitness and strengthening. You just you just everything anything physical activity come to Jay right? But it's yeah got a lot on your hands, man. A lot on your yeah, hands. Man. Speaking of which, so let's say um, let, let, let's 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 focus on the actual athletes themselves. Uh, okay. Let's say, have you ever had um, an athlete? Maybe so. You know, we got a lot of athletes coming in. Let's say maybe you got at least one athlete that's came in that you're like, yeah, might want to look at a different route besides sports. Maybe chess. I hear Bilo has an opening down the street. Has there ever been an athlete that you believe you're going to have like real problems with your training program? I mean, no, because. The, the main thing is I'm all I'm all about developing each kid so with each kid it's like yeah they have different levels of athleticism but it's like my goal is to develop them to put them in the best possible position to be successful no matter what sport they play right, right. So, I mean so I mean saying that it's like I've seen where kids start off with me and they're like, it's their first time in here. Their first time in here, their first time in a structured program. I show them the things they've done over, like, say, six months. And they see it, they feel it, parents see it. And it's like, wow, like, we take kids from a, from where they start and we, develop them to be great so i mean there's really no there's no one that you can't help no no one like that that's the passion for it that's just that's the reality in it like you want to be able to reach everybody okay so speaking of that let's say let's say you have let's focus on now just football if you have an athlete that wants to be a football player, let's say we're talking to, say, a 12-year-old who wants to be in the NFL, what's the one thing that you say, okay, over these next 10 years, you've got to focus on this one thing? What would be the most important thing that they would need to focus on as as far as training goes? The main thing, Ben, and I actually have this as part of my block zero program is efficient movement so movement patterns trump anything and like i talk with people about this all the time and i show them how the the world wants you to be able to especially in my field they want you to be able to bench squat clean do all these exciting exercises but then you break it down and be like all right can this kid do simple movement patterns like squat can he jump and land on one leg can she jump and land on one leg like how are they moving is the core stable is the spine stable like so so for football 
what would you say that most essential movement pattern is that they would want to work on? I wouldn't say there was there was one particular pattern, but a very important pattern that we stress is the hinging of the hip. And we focus on one thing I do is I make sure to teach them that from the jump. So for that, and if you see any of my videos or any posts, you'll see me post the athletic position. That's where the head is up, chest up, flat back, hips or hands, knees are slightly bent, and feet are in the ground, toes pointed forward. So even from my from my sixth graders up, I call it RFA. They know when I say RFA, that means ready for action. What position do we do in any sport, specifically football, that is going to put you in a ready for action situation? And it can go like we can switch it up. We can hinge with one leg back or we can hinge with both legs bilateral. So, I mean, that's just, and, like, that's the main thing, like, being able to get them to establish the athletic position, which right. was... Right, so that, that, was, that would also help them in developing uh, their deadlift patterns, their, their their good morning forms, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Posterior chain development. Gotcha, gotcha. So if you're now switching gears, if we say we're looking at a basketball player now, same situation, obviously you're going to want them to stress that athletic positioning, but is there anything else maybe that you're going to add on top of it or change for a basketball player? So not so much change because I see athletes as athletes. I see that they all run, they all jump, they throw, they catch so i mean it's just like so like some sports do those those movement patterns a little bit more say basketball they're always running and jumping football kids may not jump as much especially if they play line your skill kids they may but as far as like the basketball guys like the, the thing that we stress mainly for all sports is being able to train off of one leg. So one leg movement stuff. So that's being able to jump and land off one leg, being able to squat on one leg, being able to hinge on one leg so that they understand, hey, look, if I'm going to play on one leg, I got to be able to train on one leg because my right leg can't depend on my left leg and my left leg can't depend on my right leg. They have to be able to contribute to each other by working independently. So now to sum up all of that, we want these athletes, if there are any young athletes out there listening, you got to get in that athletic position. You got to learn how to be efficient in that athletic position. You got to learn how to work off of individual legs. You got to be independent on each leg, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so now for listeners out there that are unaware, uh, Jay is um, half superhuman. Uh, Jay played football at the University of South Carolina, continues to be a ridiculous athlete. Just so everyone knows, I personally clocked Coach Spearman running a, a 4-4-5-40 and jumping a 42-inch vertical. Now, I went back, just so people know, I went back and looked at this year's combine results. Here's some perspective on how ridiculous that is. Out of the 59 various different defensive backs that went to the combine, that went into the NFL, there were only seven that were faster than him in the 40-yard dash, and there was none of them. None of the 59 had a higher vertical jump. That That is ridiculous, Jay. Do you just walk in and tell people that when you walk in places? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> even say anything about it. So what I'm saying don't is me. you walk the walk, you talk the talk. So because of that, uh, I want to know your perspective. Who do you who would you consider in the NFL right now one of the most athletic people in the NFL? Who do you look in the NFL and say that guy has just athletic potential out the wazoo? 
Man, uh, that's a good question because when you see the NFL, it's like you see amazing athletes everywhere. They're but all over the field, yeah. They are all over the field. But one of the huge ones that's standing out right now is Terrell Pryor. He can play this any guy, position, right? He can play anything. And he went from he went from playing quarterback to dominating at wide. Like that's not something that just happened. That's something that's that's a God given ability that he also works on. He he is he is a uh, a talented man. Very talented. Um, now, speaking of other NFL players and former NFL players, recently uh, Heathwood got some attention. I actually, I didn't even know this for, from you. I, I, I saw a post. I was telling you the other day. I saw your post on Instagram. I was a little confused. I saw Marcus right. Lattimore on your post, and I was like, huh, I wonder what he means by some things work out in the end. I don't know what that means. And then right. on ESPN, I see a post later that Marcus Lattimore became your coach at Heathwood High School. He is now the head coach of the football team there. And for listeners un, uh, unaware, which I don't know who's unaware of this, but Marcus Lattimore was uh, the famous running back from University of South Carolina, uh, primed to be one of the greats of the NFL and tragically had some really bad uh, uh, knee injuries that sort of uh, sidelined his career. But what do you think about him becoming the head coach at Heathwood? I mean... As far as, like, from a personal standpoint, like, Marcus is a good person. Like, and he's been through things in life to be able to tell a story. And that's what that's what people listen to. That's what they see. And we have a thing that we always, like, you will hear us say it. You will see us post it. It's bigger than sports. Because sports is the sports is your platform that God puts you on, and when He puts you there, it, like you're not an athlete for all of your life. Everybody that coaches, they were most were um, athletes, so most have been to that level. He has, so he understands like he understands like what it what it means to work hard what it means to be a leader in the community like he, he gets that and that's why i have so much respect for him as a friend as a person big big things coming at heathwood hall with you and and uh marcus in the the driver's seat i'm excited to see that uh, speaking of other things, uh, other former players that you used to play with, uh, people listening may not be aware of this either, but in high school, you, you played with uh, DJ Swearinger and Josh Norman. Um, Josh, just this past year, he got a $75 million deal with the Redskins. He's now he's sort of known in the NFL as a yeah, bit of a talker. Right? right was uh, was that the way he was in high school? Some people, I mean, you know, they don't have the backstory. Did he have that same bravado? Did he attack the game the same way he does now? Yes, and I mean, Josh was Josh was that guy where if you messed up, he was coming to you as a teammate to say, "Hey, get right and let's roll." But one of the main things would always say is I got you meaning meaning let's do this together so the person that you see right now that's who he has been since day one yeah that's who he is any coach will tell you that Josh is a he is a competitor that's who he is that's uh, that, that's no show right there that's all him that's real yeah so, last question before you got to go, because I know you're a busy man. Uh, we got a lot of talk going on all across the country about college playoffs right now. We right. got Alabama, we've got Ohio State, Clemson, Washington, and then you got Michigan looking in from the outside. Who right. do you think's going to win the playoffs? And do you think that win with any of those teams has to do with their strength and conditioning program of the school? Um, yes. And I would say. Right now, and I think many would agree with me, many see it 
Alabama is a serious team. I agree. And if you and if you listen to what Coach Saban says about their strength program, he says that that's where the energy starts. And it's all about it's not even about just the X's and O's. It's about the strength coach must bring the same energy and passion every single day. Well, they're the coach that that sees the team the most, too. Exactly. And that way, you see that kids buy in to that quick, but they know it's real. It's It's not something that's made up. It's real. Because it's like, that's where... That's where you always see kids develop first in the weight room. And my thing is, I tell kids this every single day. The weight room is a place where you cannot keep results. Weight does not move by itself. And if you work at it, if you apply consistent effort every single day, you will see results will come. And that's just, and we see it, Coach Saban has said it, and it's becoming, like, visible now. And everybody wants to know, like, a secret. It's no secret. It's right there. They're just doing it every day. It's practice. Every day in in the weight room. Well, Jay, it's been a pleasure, man. I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, good luck in the off season. Good luck with Marcus being the new head coach. I hope all good things happen to Heathwood High. Uh, thank you, man. And also, I want to thank you for being a part of my development. For some of the questions I asked early on and you helping with projects, man, I appreciate everything. Hey, no problem, man. It was good to have you on the show. I want to I wanna thank you again. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. So check this. You telling me you ain't never heard of Doc G? Ha <laughs> Coldest motherfucker around. The Doc G Podcast. Oh yeah, baby. Putting the bass in your funk. Alright guys, once again, thanks to Jay Spearman for uh, calling into the show. What a great uh, guest. Uh, Really appreciated his outlook on the NFL, on strength and conditioning, all the stuff that he had to say. Best of luck to him at Heathwood. Uh, So guys, it's about that time. We're about finished with the show, and as you know, that means it's time for the Timmy Tebow News of the Week. Yeah. Yeah, Tim uh, turned down a million dollars to impress Bill Belichick. Huh? That's the news of the week. Apparently, when he was on the Patriots roster uh, in 2013, a company approached him and offered him one million dollars for a one-day appearance and to shoot a commercial with them. So before he said yes, he went and asked Belichick if that'd be okay because he didn't want, you know, to attract a media circus. He wanted to make sure it was okay with the with the man. And Belichick said, uh, "No, don't do it." Mm. And so Tim left the money on the table. Come on, Tim. You had to know you weren't going to stay on that team long. You might as well have taken the money, man. You might as well have gotten that million. I mean, how much were you going to make on that team for a year's work anyways? Like $400,000? Might as well take in the million, man. Besides that, I really want to know what the product was. Because apparently he didn't mention the product name. This was in his book. This was an excerpt from his book. Apparently he didn't mention the product's name. I really like, I mean, I'm guessing he did that because he didn't want to like endorse the product itself in the book. But I'm really hoping it was just he didn't announce it because it was something really embarrassing. Like it was like boner medication or like adult diapers. Like something to make him like look really bad. Something along those lines. And that's why I didn't bring it up. But I mean, obviously, it couldn't have been, 
you know, that horrible because he did want to do it, right? He just didn't. Gonna, he just couldn't because Belichick was like, no, don't do it. I was going to say, it could have been for like condoms or something like that. And he'd be like, ah, uh, that might hurt my image. I, I don't use those right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that's that's the mo- that's the update. Timmy Tebow, man. I you know I'm gonna be honest. I, I'm gonna need. I I think I, I think we need to switch the the Timmy Tebow update. I mean, now that he's out of baseball, I think we need to get somebody else on our update. Plus, he hasn't he hasn't accepted our offer of being our other co-host. Yeah. What the hell, Tim? <sighs> Anyways. All right, guys. That is our show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you wouldn't change anything about our show. As always, I am Doc G, and with me is Eric Cirillo. And we will see you next week. Until then, zip it up and zip it out.